Welcome to Gain That Tune. is going on everybody it is game that tune back in the house once again oh man uh i think we've got a pretty fantastic show coming up tonight it's your boy john harrington here we got john regan with us say hey hey we got jesse moore say hey hey and we got david fleming say hey don't you fucking do it hey thank you you sipped your beer right as i was calling your name i thought you were going to try and ruin this johnny style um, Are welcome you kidding back. me? What kind of crass pig would burp instead of saying "Hey"? I, you know, truly, truly have no idea what would possess someone to do such a thing. Um, if you're just joining us on Game That Tune, we don't burp into the microphone on this show. Uh, what we do is we listen to video game music. We've each brought three songs from a game. We try and guess the games based on the songs with a little bit of trivia. Uh, we goof off. We have a lot of fun. We don't burp into the mic. And uh, the winner at the end of the f- at the end of the show gets, gets to burp into uh, the mic. No, no, they don't. Uh, they get to play a bonus tune and pick the theme for the next episode respectfully. And. Uh, <laughs> The uh, winner last week was the uh, classy and elegant David Fleming. So, uh, David, what's the theme for this week's show? Uh, I went with a theme very near and dear to my heart. It's games from the PlayStation 1. Yes. You know, the most David theme of all time. Um, In honor of the recently announced PlayStation Classic, uh, we're going back in time to the the simpler time in, in gaming when... Uh, Nintendo, for some reason, didn't feel like making a disc-based add-on for their system, and Sony had to take over the goddamn world. Um, I love man. the idea of going back to the simpler time of disc-based games and 3D polygons. Yes, it, they were much simpler back then. <laughs> you know, the discs were simpler, the polygons were simpler. Uh, you know, and yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic show. Um, you know, full disclosure, it's not going to be a strong show for me. I was always a Nintendo 64 guy, so this week has been a like existential struggle for me to uh, figure out my place on this week's show. But it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Um, you know, I know Jesse's excited, man. You know, Jesse, you're you're like Mr. PlayStation around here. You're pumped, right? Oh, I'm super pumped. Like, good. I have a lot of good PlayStation memories. Excellent. I'm hoping that you uh, hoping that you just anchor this whole show, and uh, you know, it's just your time to shine, because uh, you know, God knows we can't count on Johnny for anything. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's about that time. I think it's time to get started. So, uh, I guess, you know, stop browsing through those fucking Bowsette things and go back to a simpler time of gamer horniness where you just needed two big blocky boobs and a legendary nude code to, uh, get your rocks off. So Johnny, let's go back to the PlayStation and start with game one, man. Game one. Kick, punch, it's all in the mind If you wanna test me, I'm sure you'll find The things I'll teach ya, be sure to beat ya Nevertheless, you'll get a lesson from teacher Now kick, kick, punch, punch, jump, tap, block, block Once more, now kick, 
It's gonna get rocky. We're gonna move down to the next jump. Now jump, 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 turn, turn, pause. Listen carefully. Guy says his name. Every single day, stress comes in every way. I ain't got no time for nobody. My style is rich, dope, fat, and witch. We'll make a cake today that looks rich. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. M I X the flour into the bowl. M I X the flour into the bowl. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. The flour into the bowl. M I X the flour into the bowl. Baking a cake, yes, means you gotta try. I'm doing this for years, but don't ask me why. Butter, butter, butter joins the bowl. Butter, butter, butter joins the bowl. We're making us a cake that you've never seen before. We're making us a cake that you've never seen before. Heat up the oven, now we're on a roll. Heat up the oven, now we're on a roll. Cheap, cheap, cheap's the name of my soul. Cheap, cheap, cheap's the name of your soul. The other day, I was called a little turkey. But I'm a chicken goddess, your beef jerky. Put the cake in the oven for a while. Put the cake in the oven for a while. Leave it there, come on, clean the pile. Leave it there, come on, clean the pile. Put the cake in the oven for a while. Put the cake in the oven for a while. Leave it there, come on, clean the pile. Leave it there, come on, clean the pile. Here, I got a little sample. Here, I don't have a sample. Cause ample time's just what we don't have. Cause money and time's just what we don't have. A chicken in the kitchen is making all the sound. The cake is done while we were sitting around. All we gotta do is apply the final touches. All we gotta do is apply the final touches. Take off the shrimp, the clam, and the perches. Take out the shrimp, the clam, and the perches. The perch goes here, the clam goes there. The perch goes here, the clam goes there. The little tiny shrimps just go everywhere. The little tiny shrimps just go everywhere. Whatever you like's in the middle, fiddle. Whatever you like's in the middle, fiddle. 
like the little seafood cake comes just like the riddle. Okay, okay, that wasn't so hard, was it? No problem. But how'd you get out the TV? All right, so a little fun fact about this game. <clears throat> Dread Fox, who voices the main character in this game, wrapped the lyrics for Unknown from M.E., also known as Knuckles' theme, in Sonic Adventure. Oh. I need to go, just as bad as you. What I had this morning, I don't even want to say to you. Kick, punch, turn, and chop the door. John says Wu Tang Shaolin style. I'm gonna assume he actually means Parappa the Rapper and call us a hat trick. Um, <laughs> yeah, what? Hmm. 
there are well, so many questions about why you chose this game and why you started with that song and why you didn't edit the tracks to be more secretive like yeah it just i'm f- i flummoxed. think he chose this game because the theme was playstation one games and johnny said hey was Parappa the rapper on playstation one all right i got my pick yeah, or he just googled list of PlayStation <laughs> One games, and uh, let's see top result. Oh, actually, no. The pro- t- you know, strangely, the top result when I Google that right now is Pepsi Man, not Parappa the Rapper. Well, uh, I should have done Pepsi Man. You oh, fucking man. asshole! See, you should have done Pepsi Man. <laughs> so I would imagine he would just work his way down the list of Final Fantasy VII. No, we did that. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And I guess he got to Parappa before he got to Ridge Racer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I just looked Jesus. up games with great soundtracks because my thought process was, you know, I really don't know PlayStation 1 that well, so I'll find something with some pretty good music at least. Ooh. And mm. I think Parappa has... It's it's pretty... So it's it's a pretty cool game because, one, it invented the modern rhythm, rhythm game. Um... <laughs> I love the fact that John just completely backtracked himself. Like, I looked for games with great soundtracks, and the Parappa Rappa soundtrack, it's, you know, so it's a fun game. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. You, you know, mm. We've just literally heard a counterpoint prior to you saying that it had a great soundtrack. <laughs> like, we just heard the, the soundtrack, John. It has a soundtrack, and it is of note because it's a rhythm game. Is it a good soundtrack? No, no, it's not. Um, I thought it was catchy. It is. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's all right, but, but I um, wouldn't call it good. And one yeah. thing that's interesting about it is that you can actually freestyle uh, or improv things as you play the game. Like you don't have. Could to you s- show us? Um, yeah. No, we drop, did that once before. Show us when a Somebody give him a beat. Yeah, DJ, drop a beat. <laughs> punch, chick, punch, 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 punch <laughs> kick. Right, block, block, pose, dodge, 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 pose. Fuck this. <laughs> So anyways, Ugh. you know, you're supposed to hit the right beats, you know, on time, but then you can add some in, and um, an interesting feature is if you do well enough, it'll unlock what's called cool mode, where the person <laughs> you're happy against just, like, leaves, and you just get to freestyle for a while. It'll unlock cool mode, where the game tells you, don't worry, you are cool for playing this. <laughs> I'm telling you, the girls love it. They're gonna think you're the coolest guy in the world. Wear the beanie when you go to school. Definitely wear it. <laughs> See, that's one of the things that seems kind of weird to me is that, you know, there's a freestyle... I get the idea of a freestyle mode and a rapping game, but this is a rhythm game. Why would a rhythm game say, okay, you can push the beats whenever you want? Because that kind of seems to defeat the purpose of a rhythm game. Well, no, well, as, as I said you before, make rhythm. sure you're keeping on track with the beat. All right, fuck it. Do whatever you yeah. want. Well, no, you still have to hit the right ones, but then you can add more in or after... But you had you still have to hit the main ones. It's yeah, just it's like, like it's like it's a Buster like Rhymes can rhyme really fast. So like he hits the main beats of the song, but then he fills in everything in between with a lot of extra stuff. He just he can rap faster than everybody else. It's Buster just like that. Cool. Yeah. It's just like when I play saxophone, I just try to hit the main <laughs> notes and then just fill whatever I want in between. Then people think I'm some kind of improv, you know, person. Yep. Yeah, all he has to do is hit saxophone. those first few notes of Baker Street, and then no one's even paying attention anymore. <laughs> Just, <laughs> so everybody listening right now, you heard that? You heard it here first. John Regan on saxophone, basically Busta Rhymes. Yes, yeah, it's exactly. like the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Episode title. <laughs> exactly. Saxta Rhymes. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so, I'm not saying this game's bad, because I've I barely played it. Like, I have minimal experience with the PlayStation. I went over to a friend's house. They were playing this game. I was not engaged by it. I'm just like, okay, um, I'm sorry. Why is... Why is he dancing with a karate onion? And, like, why does everything look like, you know, laminated paper that, like, you know, twists around and stuff? So I, I remember somebody was, you know, later on, they compared it. It's like, you know, it had that Paper Mario art style. I'm like, motherfucker, please. Parappa did not have the Paper Mario art style. Yeah, this, Paper uh, Mario had the Parappa art style. <laughs> You're right. It came second. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess there's charm to some extent, but, like, I don't know, man. I... Yeah, I, I found it fascinating in its ugliness. <laughs> like, it's I, I feel about this game the way that I imagine other people feel about Katamari Damacy, and that I recognize it's a thing, but like I don't really care. <laughs> which to which to be clear, I love Katamari Damacy, but for non fans of Katamari Damacy, it's like okay, yeah, that's that's a thing, and people like it, but. Whatever? That's how I feel about Parappa. Like, obviously it's a thing, like, I get it, but also, like, I'm white, so I don't really like rhythm games. John, I feel like, since I know you really like Katamari, I feel like a good, um, analog for you is maybe something like Rock Band. Like, people like Rock Band. There's people that love Rock Band, but... I feel like you to Rock Band is like David to Katamari. You're like, I get it, but no. No, no, see, John, you completely missed my point. I love Katamari, but people who don't uh. like Katamari, they feel about it the way I feel about Parappa. Like, this is a thing, but I just don't get it. I get it. I get that. Okay, good. That that was treading awfully close to not liking Katamari in my brain, and I was starting to black out. Like, I was going to be like, don't you compare no, Katamari no, Damacy and Parappa the Rapper. They are unrelated. Katamari Damacy's charming as shit. Yeah. No, again, let me clarify. I fucking love Katamari Damacy. Good. Buy yeah. the remake. Oh. It's, it's one of my favorite appetizers to get at Italian restaurants. <laughs> God. You better play the Mario 2 sound right fucking now. Thank you. Um. Anyway, uh, no, Parappa. I mean, I, I get it. It's it's of a time. It's uh, it's it's got its cuteness and whatnot. But it's just, I don't know. Since I didn't own a PlayStation and I couldn't dedicate more than a few minutes to it, like hanging out with a friend, I guess I didn't really get to the part where it's like what people like. But uh, you know, it's a rhythm game. You know, that's cool. It's you know, I to my knowledge. I mean, I hadn't played a rhythm game prior to that, so it's like, okay, yeah, here's here's what's going on in Japan. It's colorful, and it's rhythmic, and it's nonsense. And, you know, it came with the PlayStation. So, yeah, have fun. But, um, man, what a... It, it's just, you know, th th this is like when you started Episode 1 with Super Mario Brothers. Like, I didn't think you were going to softball PlayStation 1 right off the bat. Like, <laughs> Are you sure? You Are know, you sure you, you didn't think that? I, I mean, I mean Johnny... Absurdity King. Yeah. I mean... One, I thought he could mix it up a little bit more and stop leading off with himself. And then two, I figured there's plenty of obvious soundtracks for this. I didn't think he would go with this one. Like, <laughs> I haven't let off of myself in like, I don't know, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> 
I edit the shows. So I know who leads off. <laughs> like, <laughs> you took one week off. You know, don't think I have. You know, don't think I ever forgave you for the irritating maze. I haven't, and I never will. <laughs> um, Everybody keeps talking about like leading off, and honestly, that sounds so dirty. That's because you don't fucking follow sports, David. It's really a simple thing. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> I guess. You know. First, you put on the super crown. And exactly. Then, uh... you know, then you spread them, and uh, then no. we move on to <laughs> game <Yeah>. two. <laughs> As I believe game Jesse said, two. you can't... is our fan request this fan request comes from joe schmo what do you know on twitter at schmo gaming uh he's also on twitch definitely worth checking out so 
This game utilizes the PlayStation 1's CD drive in an interesting way. Players can use any readable CD and the game will create a monster using that CD's data. Certain CDs will result in unique monsters. For example, Christmas music albums will create a monster of the type Santa. got some guesses oh i do oh you know or it. who has some answers oh i got some answers well, you, you said a couple of key words there in that uh in that description that i think might have led me in the right direction some some key google searchable words no just you know words oh, words I remember, stand out i remember hearing about this game way back when all right, so all three say Monster Rancher. We've got ourselves a GTT hat trick. Sweet. Uh, we should have let off we the were, show with that. <laughs> we were all huge Monster Rancher fans, yeah? I mean, uh, this, was, in this was back in like... This was back in the late 90s, and this is a game all about, like, finding and raising a monster in order to battle them against other monsters. We all played that game, right? Well, based on that description, I think, if I'm just kind of doing an inventory on my brain, it sounds like I was into something like that, David. Uh, was there an anime? There was indeed yes. an anime. Yeah, okay, yeah, definitely was into something like that. Uh, I don't remember if it was this specifically. Did it involve Agumon? Oh, oh damn, so close. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, that's, that's the one with the, that's the, the cards, right? Yeah, trap card. Oh. <laughs> oh, you were going for an even obscure reference that I was thinking. Um, David, so yeah, is it Beyblade? Monster Rancher. I wish it was Beyblade. Is, is it Yu Yu Hakusho? <laughs> Zatch Bell. <laughs> Gotta be Zatch Bell. <laughs> Yu Yu Hakusho. No, it's Naruto. Uh, hey, um, it's Naruto's reboot. good. That says so, Yu Yu yeah. Hakusho. This is isn't Yu Yu Hakusho the one about the guy who becomes like the Grim Reaper? I but, don't like, know. No, that's the cute soul, anime. That's Soul Eater. 
Yeah. No, seriously, Yu Yu Hakusho, isn't that where, like, the guy is dead, but he's talking to, like, the cute girl in red who rides a broomstick but is actually death? I don't, I don't know. Think All so. I remember about Yu Yu Hakusho was that they, like, I got some, like, anime email, like, blast for a while there. They're like, you know, check out Yu Yu Hakusho. I'm like, no. And that was it. <laughs> like, I didn't check I mean, it out. <laughs> Don't look at me. My gateway anime was Sailor Moon, so I'm on a completely opposite end of the spectrum. That's well, no, I mean, all, you know, Sailor Moon was a lot of people's gateway anime, and it led them to the same things. So, Sailor Moon well, still led to Yu Yu Hakusho, same as DBZ, same as Reboot, uh, you know, same as anything that was wait. on Toonami back in the day. Okay, <laughs> one of these I, things I, is not like the other. <laughs> I apologize extensively to Joe Schmo, who requested this song, because we're not going to talk about Monster Ranger. Instead, we're going to bring up a new debate. Is Reboot an anime? Nope. Uh, who says it's not? No. Because it originally aired on, like, ABC Saturday Morning as a cartoon. It wasn't, oh, yeah. like, a Toonami cartoon originally. It's like, it's I'm dope. pretty sure also it's not Japanese. 3D animated and from Canada. So. Uh, pretty sure it's got muscular heroes in a sci-fi anime. setting. Hot big titty chick in that new season. Uh, I mean, like, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty good. Is there Kaname? That that yeah, exactly. New, that new season of reboot that came out 20 years ago. How is Kaname not a term for reboot? Like, holy crap. Yeah, because you got to put reboot of the can. Hot take. Uh, dude. Yeah, I mean, s- step off. To be fair. Hot take. Ouch. There, there was a Canadian animation studio, Nelvana, that produced a shit ton of cartoons, so Kaname absolutely needs to be a term. Yep, that's in there. Um, you know, shout out to Pelswick. Uh, <laughs> fucking... Monster Rancher is not Kaname. Right. Um, Man, we really went off on a tangent on that one. What's Monster Rancher? <laughs> so Monster Rancher is actually... It's kind of cool. Because after Pokemon came out and everybody decided to make a Pokemon-like game, Monster Rancher came along from Tecmo Koei and... See, I burp outside of the mic. Thank you. Um, <laughs> like, it's it's still the same kind of you get a monster, you raise it, you battle it to strengthen it. But whereas Pokemon is more about the actual battles, Monster Rancher is more about the simulation and, like, the raising of the creature. Mm. So it's kind of like Pokemon, but Harvest Moon. Okay, I get it. I mean, I get it based on that description. I, I've never gotten it. I, you know, I remember like vaguely passing by Monster Rancher anime on TV, and it's like, is that like a weird Pac-Man with like one eye, or like, you know, is there a giant rock monster on this? Do they have their own version of Geo Dude for this show? I don't know what's going on here. I'm not gonna watch See, this. And that's the thing. Like, I, n- I never played this on the on the PlayStation, which we've established I had eight of. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I definitely watched the anime when I was a kid, and it's like, it's basically, it was kind of cool, because it started out with the kid playing the game and then getting transported into the game, <gasps> so it still had that kind of, like, you know, the the Pokemon anime and a lot of tie-in anime shows was just kind of like, here's sort of what the game is like and all right. that, but this was literally like, no, you're inside the game. Why this didn't anyone did. tell me that I've been waiting for that anime framing device since uh, the famous anime Captain N went off the air all those years ago? Um, 
what the fuck, if I had known that about the Monster Rancher anime, I would have been watching week one, baby. Like, I love guys getting sucked into video games and having to live out their video game playing expertise inside the game. That's my life. Like, that's, oh, son of a bitch. I'm upset no, now. No, there was... There was definitely the the main guy, and he had his own monster, which was kind of like a weird duck-billed platypus-type thing. And there was the one-eyed, like, yellow eyeball that was sarcastic sidekick. They had a giant stone golem. They mm. had uh, a blue wolf that could shoot lightning out of its horns, because apparently the wolf had horns. Like, I remember okay. watching this show. Uh, no. But again, I didn't play much of the games. But as I understand, like, the games were were more about, like, a simulation. <laughs> Jesse is losing his mind. It was more like a simulation raising the monster. So, as, as it was described to me, it was kind of like a sports game, where instead of the focus being on the match, it was about, like, prepping your team and, like, preparing your monster and training them. Mm. And then you put them into the fight, and then hopefully they win the fight and go on from there. Gotcha. I mean, it sounds cool. But it sounds less cool than Pokemon, which is a problem. <laughs> like, uh, I like Baby's First RPG more than uh, Baby's First Raising a Monster to Fight in a like thing game. Um, and the Pokemon anime, quite frankly, drew me in. I, you know, even though it was not a uh, person being sucked into the world of Pokemon, which would have been the perfect framing device for Pokemon. I mean, seriously, just picture Ash as a kid who's playing a lot of Pokemon, and then he gets sucked <laughs> in to the game, and he's the fucking, like, just the Poke nerd. Like, he doesn't even, like, he gets the Pokedex, he's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm gonna fill this thing out like crazy. And, like, he goes around and he's the know-it-all, and everybody's like, oh, fuck this kid, man, he's so fucking annoying. <laughs> like... <laughs> It would have been a great way to set things up, and then he could have lived out his fantasy of fucking Misty, just like I had back when I was playing Pokemon, <laughs> and, you know, he could have made best friends with Brock, my other fantasy from watching and playing Pokemon. I mean, it's, uh, it's a pretty good idea. I think we should go remake the Pokemon series with that just inserted at the beginning. So Ash gets sucked into the game. It's Pleasantville, but Pokemon. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it's Pleasantville Pokemon. <laughs> That's the shit. Please, yeah. please oh. tell me at some point everyone is in black and white Game Boy graphics and then they have to turn into color because of Ash's involvement. I mean, he gets sucked into Pallet Town and then he travels around to a number of other color-based towns and yeah, you're fucking right, he restores the color and makes all the f women masturbate. It's going to be a great fucking game. <laughs> oh. Okay. This They're is kind of an embarrassing story to tell, but when I saw that movie, when I like as it first came out, I never caught <laughs> that's what happened in that scene. Oh! And then like when I watched, it's like, oh my god! You thought she was just taking a really nice hot bath. Like, that's, oh, I uh, take a bath too. Oh yeah, that looks nice. <laughs> I just that'll bring the color back to my skin. Uh, I was imagining exactly. Tobey Maguire's ask Ash Ketchum. Oh god, that, that would be so good casting. too. And <laughs> it really Jeff, would. Jeff Daniels is Professor Oak. Why Jeff Daniels? Because I don't know. He was the 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 ice cream shop dude. Um. Who, oh right, Pleasantville. Shit. I, yeah. I, was, I was like, does that mean we can get? You say Tobey Maguire, to my, my brain goes sure. immediately to Spider Man. I'm like, uh, why Jeff Daniels now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I had to stop myself. I almost yeah. said Kirsten Dunst is Misty. I was like, wait, no, that was Spider Man. Reese yeah. Witherspoon was a Reese Witherspoon. Okay. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. 
Um, yeah, Pokemon Pleasantville is a thing that needs to happen. Quite <laughs> frankly, that's a, that, you know, mm, that's a really good idea for like a John Pokemon H. spinoff Macy game. In that? Yeah, William H Macy is totally in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. William H ex- Macy is Lieutenant Surge, obviously. Oh yeah. Where's my he <laughs> he just can't accept that his wife's been masturbating and she won't make his dinner and so you know, he has to have a battle with his thunder types she won't get his also he's also the character from boogie nights oh god no that's <laughs> that's taken unpleasant bill I, w- I was walking home and it started raining I use a rock type <laughs> it can't be raining <laughs> Oh, God. This is really scratching the itch of Monster Rancher fans out there that showed up with also a knowledge of Pleasantville. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, We have a very specific niche. Jesse, did you ever play Monster Rancher? No, this is a game that I wanted to, but they never had it at Blockbuster. I never found it. So I watched the anime a couple times. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) So anyway, um, good request inspired some great discussion about everything but Monster Rancher. Um, you know, good tunes, uh, apparently a worthwhile anime. Uh, I mean, that you know, what more can you ask for back in 1997? Like, you know, it's uh, it's it's a good it's a it's a great PlayStation game, I assume. You know, one of us will play it one of these days. Johnny, you streaming this pretty soon, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, right, good. Yeah. <laughs> ranch, ranch those monsters, motherfucker. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, David, if there, is there anything else, or should we, uh, should we move on? No, I, I think that pretty much says it. It, you know, we covered it well. Game three.
Alright, um, this game had uh, several different um, voice actors of note, uh, one of which was Patrick Stewart, and <laughs> another one is Michael Dorn. Are you guys, do you have answers? I do. Oh, yeah. Ready for action. All right. I'll make it so. All I right, feel like see. that was a hint. We got uh, David with uh, Star Trek Invasion, which is correct. And John drew a, Johnny drew a penis. And John said Star Trek Shaolin style, which is close enough. Close enough for me. I just want to say, before we get to the Star Trek Invasion talk, I would play the fuck out of Star Trek Shaolin style. That uh, sounds like an amazing game. Fuck yeah, that's why I came up with it. You know, just <laughs> imagine fucking, you know, Worf kicking it with Wu-Tang. It would be this shit. <laughs> I can't elaborate on that in any way, because I, you know, I listen to Wu-Tang way more than I watch Star Trek. <laughs> but... Interesting, uh, interesting choice, Jesse. After establishing firmly last week that we are g huge, ginormous Star Trek fans, to uh, return so quickly to the Star Trek wheelhouse. <laughs> well, this game was made by uh, Warthog Games and Activision, and um, mainly uh, they were responsible for the Colony War games, which I I know you guys have no idea what those are, but uh, nope. Um, I remember playing those, and they were pretty fun space shooters and um what's interesting about uh star trek invasion is you know typically when you're introduced to like star trek and stuff the space battles are all the you know the big giant ships like the enterprise and your bird of praise and stuff but star trek invasion you're playing as like fighter ships and so, like, there's, like, a big, you know, carrier ship, and for whatever reason, Worf is in charge from Next Generation Deep, Sp and Deep Space Nine. And he, you know, gives you all the missions, and he's like, hey, Romulans are, are fucking shit up. And, of course, because they're always fucking shit up. And so, yeah. uh, <laughs> they, uh, a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of cool missions, and you got this cool little ship. It's called a Valkyrie. 
and the space combat's pretty good. Uh, it, I wasn't very good at the game because I actually went out and bought it because <laughs> it was like uh, uh, for like seven bucks at Video Game Rescue, and I was like, might as well, oh, yeah. you know. You have to at that point. Seven bucks, yeah. hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I and love when a, people a, make a stink about like, man, I don't know about seven bucks for a classic PlayStation game. It's like, motherfucker, you have any idea how little seven dollars is? <laughs> like, yeah, for I've, real. I've That's looked at used games like that and been like, mm, NES games, seven dollars. I don't know, man. You know, and unless it's like an old ass sports game that just doesn't work, like yeah, pay the seven fucking dollars. <laughs> That's one beer at like a bar. No yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like. I was going to say, it's like, that's a movie ticket. I'm like, wait, no, that's like 40% of a movie ticket now. It's <laughs> not even a movie ticket. Like, that's well, you like got to go before noon. It's like yeah, a quarter a of a movie ticket. Yeah. Oh, shit. You know, it's almost it's almost a whole month of Netflix. So, you know, almost. I think you can... That actually, it reminds me of a, a game review I saw for an indie game, and the game was like two ninety nine, and they said for less than a price of, cu- of a cup of coffee, you can enjoy this. I was like, wait... God, that's so true. Yeah, <laughs> you get a cup of coffee or have this like hour-long min- indie game. Hmm. You no, know, it's a. Uh, they make a fair point. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, so yeah, Star Trek Invasion. Even years later, worth seven dollars. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's, I would say it's worth seven dollars. Um, like high praise. It doesn't hold up like too too well. Like you could get a better space shooter experience somewhere else, obviously. But if you wanted like a PlayStation era Star Trek game, you know. With you know right. Worf and Patrick Stewart talking to you, like you know, <laughs> that's not like bad. That. Yeah, I mean, legit voice acting—that's enough for me. Like that, you know, Patrick Stewart and Michael Dorn took their time to go into the studio and like hang out and like freestyle rap a little bit. And you should fucking you know pay the seven dollars just to hear that. I mean, wait, I got crossed into Shaolin style again. So there's no rap in the game. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh. I was just one part. Every penny that I have to hear Patrick Stewart rap. <laughs> oh God! Or, no, or Michael Dorn rap in character. Rap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the war freestyle that finishes off the game when you complete it on very hard difficulty is killer. <laughs> <laughs> he raps about dying and going to Stovacor, You know the the place you know, where all Klingon warriors stuff. go. Right. Exactly. It's just Worf rapping about battle and honor. Yeah. Oh, God. Eating blood worms. <laughs> Having and then a there's huge like forehead. that one line about prune juice. <laughs> the oh, God. Goes. <laughs> that oh, should God. be a thing. Let's, uh, let's work on that. How much Patreon money do we have? Can we convince Michael Doran to record a rap? I think we probably can. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Dear Michael Doran. Michael, Michael Doran, would you like to record a rap for our podcast? We could offer you up to $35. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. We could pay a lot of sound likes on Fiverr for and that, but we want the real deal. Door Star Trek Invasion. <laughs> exactly. Here's a copy of Star Trek Invasion. Remember this? I'll even sign it. <laughs> I want you. To, I want you to think like this game ends in a wrap and just go off the dome right now, off the Dorn Dome, and you know, just freestyle a little something. But yeah. Um, so off anyway. the wrinkle, off yeah. the wrinkly off Klingon dome. Giant wrinkly Klingon forehead ears. <laughs> Which I assume he wears all the time in his day-to-day life. <laughs> like, he's not a so, man. My wife and I were actually watching Con Man, which is a series that Alan Tudyk made that has a bunch of like sci-fi cameos, and Michael Dorn is in it for a moment. It's like, who the fuck is that? Because she freaked out. It's like, who the fuck is that? And then he opened his mouth and spoke. It's like, <laughs> oh shit, that's Worf. Like, I didn't recognize it with all the makeup. Oh yeah. You know, I'm sure he has done many things besides be Worf <laughs> and has not gotten notoriety for any of them. 
So uh, he that has includes said, though, that he wants to come back as Worf in some capacity. So that's Fuck yeah. promising. I like it. You know, everybody should come back. I thought, aren't they making new Star Trek stuff? Like, yeah, there's a new Patrick Stewart thing coming out. Yeah, the Worf door is open. Awesome. So, um, yeah. So, so the game is uh, it's sci-fi shooter. Did you say it's it's like ship combat or? Yeah, yeah. It's it's with like fighters. Uh, Word. Although you do fight against capital ships, like the first mission. You're fighting a bunch of like Romulan fighters, and then all of a sudden a, a Romulan warbird decloaks, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And that thing will fuck you up if you get too close to it. Nice. Yeah, I was just reading the Wikipedia page and said, like, one of the reviewers mentioned, like, you know, you can be pleased with the game if you can deal with it not feeling like a Gene Roddenberry Star Trek game. I'm like, the fuck does that mean? Like, it, it, it's not campy like, or like. <laughs> It's basically just, you know, you go into space and blow stuff up while, like, Star Trek would be more about, like, you know, uh, learning some kind of, you know, lesson about society and stuff. <laughs> gotcha. I would genuinely, unironically love an old-school arcade-style beat-em-up based on Star Trek the original series. That would be so cool. be pretty like dope. You, you play as, like, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and... Maybe check off, like just walking around alien planets, beating the hell out of Klingons and various alien races. Dude, if you could get Anamanaguchi to put the music for that, then you really got something. <laughs> like, Holy! Oh, hell, I was just thinking you could great. play like William Shatner's cover of Rocket Man and Common People and things like that. Yes, uh, Anamanaguchi featuring William Shatner. <laughs> Scared uh, around beating Klingons and lizard people. Yes. Um, that sounds like a really fantastic idea, and they should totally make that. <laughs> like, uh, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Star Trek, uh, like I said, we established last week, uh, not a not a great deal that this podcast has to say about it. But it seems like they uh, they were cranking out some games for a little while there, weren't there? Several Star Trek games for PS One, like, uh, actually, it, for the PlayStation One, I, this was the only one I could find. Oh, okay. Maybe they were just putting out PC games around then or something. Cause, like, there yeah. were a ton of PC games. There you go. There were a few, like, PlayStation 2 games. Word. Yeah. Yeah. They should uh, they should make more. The world needs more Star Trek games, especially David's idea of the Star Trek beat-em-up. That's a really good fucking yeah, that'd idea. Yeah, be sweet. Like, there's, you know, there's nobody that, when I think of Star Trek, I think of, like, convincing ass-beater besides maybe Worf, <laughs> but, like... You know, I, I could see uh, I could see making it work. If every character had their quirks, you know, like... Uh, I, I mean, know. The Rock I, was in Star Trek Voyager once. Okay, touche. Sure. He's an unlockable character. Throw him in. <laughs> like, but yeah, when I look I at mean, like Star Trek has done like time travel and stuff, so you could totally have like Kirk and Worf back to back beating ass. That's what I'm talking about. I was That's say, a like, fucking game. Thinking of like modern Star Trek, like even having seen them, and despite the fact that people kick ass in them, I still have a hard time buying Chris Pine kicking that much ass. But anyway. It would be a good game if they made it. They should make it. <laughs> so no, it's gotta it's gotta be Shatner Kirk. Oh, Shatner yeah. Kirk would beat all of the ass. But if you know if it was a, like a Star Trek multiverse thing and you could play as multiple Kirks, also I am in favor of that. Like, uh, you know, but maybe not. You can unlock Picard and he throws cups of Earl Grey at you. Right now that now that Leonard Nimoy's finally passed on, maybe we just bury previous uh, previous Spock. But I don't know. I mean, we're stuck with new Spock. I don't know. It's complicated. You know, the, the things are going to be complicated going forward. The planning of the Star Trek going to be a new Spock and Discovery. Oh, okay. Well, so I we'll just want to be Scott Bakula, and every time you start a level, you're a new person. Right, John. You're thinking of a different show. 
yeah, I, I don't want to go back to the uh, the Quantum Leap Star Trek crossover uh, well so soon. Um, there is an, enter- an episode of Enterprise with Dean Stackwell in too. So like, it's like you see them; they like talk to each other. Dean Stackwell is like a giant douchebag in that episode. Yeah, it's Dean Stackwell. It's a pretty cool little reunion. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Anywho, uh, cool game, Jesse. Anything else on Star Trek? Uh, live long and prosper. Fucking right. I had a great idea. Go ahead. Go for it. I was used to say, like, one of the bosses in this beat-em-up should absolutely be Q. Oh, of course. Yes. That is a reference that nobody else but Jesse gets, but <laughs> if, if you get it, that's awesome. Game four.
So, one of the characters has a win quote in this game, which states, quote, After waiting for so long, it feels good to do more than two moves. This is a reference to that character's first appearance, which was in a completely different series. John, we've already used Tekken 2 on the show, man. Oh, we have? Damn it. Alright, so John Regan says Tekken 2, which is incorrect. Jesse Moore says Street Fighter EX, sadly incorrect. John Harrington has the correct answer of Street Fighter Alpha 3. 
Yeah. Because so, that was the uh, first appearance of Cody in the Street Fighter series. That is correct. Shit, um, yeah. That was one of Cody's wind quotes, uh, which is a reference to his moveset in Final Fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cody's dope. I love him in uh, Street Fighter 4. Never played Street Fighter Alpha 3. Uh, the main thing I know about these is they were on a system I didn't own and have really great-looking sprites and introduced some fun new characters who I would later use in Street Fighter 4, like Cody. Uh, you know, Cody in his jail clothes beating ass is my kind of guy. <laughs> See, that's one of the things that I love about this game is... Okay, it sounds ridiculous, but I love how it kind of, like, progressed the story of Street Fighter... Because in, you know, Final Fight, Cody beating the shit out of the Mad Gear gang and whatnot. Yeah, sure. Well, when he shows up in Street Fighter Alpha 3, he's in a prison jumpsuit and handcuffs. Because apparently after, like, Final Fight, he just had this bloodlust. So he was going around just beating the hell out of everyone and got imprisoned as a vigilante. And then he breaks free to go into street fighting. I love it. That is, yeah, it's like, that's a great, was, like, just, like, let's think of, like, not the most obvious way to advance this character. <laughs> like, all you've ever seen this guy do is walk around and beat up strangers. What happens after you win the game? He continues walking around and beating <laughs> up strangers, which is a crime, so he's thrown in jail, <laughs> and then you know, he uh, punches through a wall and gets out and just continues the fight. Like, that's great. Like, way to not go the expected route on that one. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's such a weird... The whole history of the Street Fighter and the Final Fight series, like, it's this very strange melded-together series where they're not exactly sequels, but they're kind of together, and it's one of my favorite things about video games, that you can have these separate things sort of connected. Yeah. But yeah, uh... Street Fighter Alpha 3 is awesome. Yeah, my yeah, and last thing on really the connected universe. My only problem is that why has Hagger not shown up in an actual Street Fighter game at this point? Like, I know that he I, could mm. showed up in Marvel's Capcom 3 and was somewhat of a Zangief clone, but like, I just need He's to be. He's also at uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, Saturday Night Slam Masters is fucking dope. But I'm just saying, like. All, almost every other character in Final Fight has turned up at some point in Street Fighter, and Hagar is notoriously absent at this point. And I just need to be able to hit people with that pipe with Hagar. I know Cody's out in the new one, and he bashes people with the pipe. I need Hagar rocking that pipe, man. Laying that pipe. I, one thing that I, I dream to see in an official Street Fighter game is to have a match between Zangief and Hagar. Yes. Because they have a rivalry within the story, yeah. and I want the two of them to fucking fight. Like, <sighs> exactly. Instead, you know, this one didn't give us Hagar. It gave us, uh, what's her name? Uh, the one with the butt. Um, Rainbow Mika. Yes, and she idolizes Zangief rather than has a rivalry with him. So she's a wrestler, and she likes Zangief, and she likes her own butt. That's uh, that's what um, I know of that who character. Who doesn't? <laughs> she's actually, she has one of my favorite supers in the game because in her super, she'll pull in, like, just randomly the corner of a ring, and she'll bounce off of it. Yeah. And her home stage takes place in a giant wrestling ring. So if you do that super in her ring, she's standing in a, like, wrestling ring, and she'll pull in a completely different corner to oh, jump off of. I like it. Which yeah. I think is 
silly and ridiculous and hilarious. I like in Street Fighter Five that like her like whatever V trigger or whatever that fucking move is like sent like will randomly uh, make her tag team partner jump at the other character like. <laughs> You're fighting, and then the tag team partner drops out of nowhere and lays an extra hit, so you can keep your combo going. That is a fun, uh, fun wrestling-based, uh, you know, little uh, little move there. And she's a fun character, though. Little, uh, little not in my wheelhouse. A little outside my uh, my Street Fighter comfort zone. You know, I like uh, like my guys pretty simple and straightforward. You know, punches and kicks and pipes and knives and prison jumpsuits. I'm, I'm really stuck on Cody. David, you know, keep it going. <laughs> Cody, Cody is one of my favorite characters in all of Street Fighter, uh, but Street Fighter Alpha 3 is pretty damn great because this is also the game that introduced the ism system where you could choose a different ism for your character. Uh, I'd like to specify ism. Um, yeah, but, I-S-M. I, I feel like you're breaking up. I, I'm losing a certain sound at the beginning of every every word you're saying right now. Ism. Uh-huh. So cool. you can choose, I believe it's... A, B, and V, if I'm not mistaken, and You're, no vision is in the Avengers. Yeah, uh. true. True. How awesome would it be to have Vision show up in Street Fighter? Like, I know that's more of a Marvel versus Capcom, but just if he was a guest character. Anyhow, um, so you can like basically sort of customize your character because there's I forget exactly how they tie in. But one of them is your character gets multiple super bars mm. and like multiple supers to use. So it's kind of like Street Fighter Alpha 2. One of them you get like one super bar and that's it. You get one super to use. And it, so it kind of like boils it down to Street Fighter 2. And then there's the uh, the final one, which basically lets you do custom combos, like burn up your meter to do anything combos into anything. Nice. So you can kind of like customize your character. And there's a there's a special mode in this game. I believe it's called World Tour. That's kind of like fighting game RPG, where like you choose your character, and as you progress, you're able to level up their stats and level up their whatever ism that you chose, so that you can make yourself stronger. Which is something that you don't really see, but was also really damn cool to see. Right. Yeah, it doesn't really uh, didn't really carry over into future Street Fighter games, did it? <laughs> no, because this is this is where the Alpha series stopped. And someone someone once described this as um, one of the reviews that I read that this was the most Marvel versus Capcom out of all of the Street Fighters because you can do like these really extended air combos. You've got you know the character customization. It's kind of like building the team in Marvel versus Capcom like to your specifications and whatnot. Um, and that's probably why I really like this game so much is because I prefer my fighting games to be over the top and ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So I like that you can do these giant air combos. Yeah, you know, because the original Street Fighter wasn't over the top enough. They're, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, you had your feral green monkey men, but also like it's Street Fighter as a series is kind of like a chess match it's very strategic when you get down to it but then you have games like marvel vs. capcom which is let's just throw everything to the wall and have shit flying everywhere i mean yeah and that's the kind of experience that i enjoy so it's a flashier chess match i'm telling you man street fighter's always been pretty over the top i mean like uh let's see you got the uh you got the indian guy that can teleport around the stage and breathe fire you got the electric uh monkey man you got the uh, military colonel that is secretly Jean-Claude Van Damme and can do a, you know, flying flash kick and throw sonic booms out of his arm. I mean, you know, it's all pretty over the top. 
you've just you know, come. You've been, you grew up on Street Fighter. You didn't realize how over the top your like like the over the top exposure was like your first exposure to it. So you're like, oh, this is just this isn't that crazy. Like you know that guy just you know so he threw a fireball. So he throws a red fireball every now and then. Who gives a shit? It's like, uh, David, you ever try throwing a fireball in real life? I've done that thing with my hands so many times, and nothing ever comes out. Yeah, <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have, and I've yet to throw one out. But I mean, he throws still, some ism. Like, yeah. <laughs> all I get is some ism. I'd like to get a chess video game where all the pieces are Street Fighter characters. That would be pretty good. Actually, you know, they've made, they've made Mario chess. Why the fuck haven't they made Street Fighter chess? Um, that's a very good question because yeah, like a good versus evil Street Fighter chess would be pretty good. But instead of the usual Obviously, chess all of rules, the pawns are going to be Dan. <laughs> yes. Oh, so many Dans. I'm in favor of it. <laughs> oh. Instead of the usual chess rules, though, you actually have to do like a fight, and whoever wins two out of three gets to take the, the piece. <laughs> Ooh, see, yeah. That, so yeah. it's a chess game, but you have to kick the shit out of your opponent. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Like a you know a Street Fighter chess game for like you know the PlayStation One, where every move resulted in a fight. <laughs> that would uh that would you know like. That could add to the strategy. Like, okay, yeah, knight's gonna take that queen. It's like, nah, you know, uh, the fucking knight is like, you know, Balrog, and the queen <laughs> is Chun Li, and you know, I'm good with Chun Li, so like, I'm, I'm gonna beat that ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> it kind of defeats the purpose of chess. <laughs> like, you know, no, you can't take my piece. I'm better at Street Fighter than you. Okay, why are we playing chess? Chess Street Fighter. Why don't we just play Street Fighter? <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's Street Fighter the chess game, but it's literally just a Super Nintendo and a copy of Street Fighter 2. It's a chess board next to a Super Nintendo. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, so aren't the Street Fighter Alpha games, are they supposed to be like prequels to the actual Street Fighter game? Like the Street Fighter proper series? Because I feel like they... So if I'm not... They just introduced like more and more characters and it's like, is this still prequel territory here? Like... <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, the official timeline goes Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2, and, like, the 12 variants of it. The entirety of the Street Fighter Alpha series, Street Fighter 4, and then Street Fighter 3, and then I think Street Fighter 5. Okay, great. Um, I believe, because at some point, you (laughs) know... No quoting me. And Final Fight... Final fight, I think, is between Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter Alpha, because, yeah, like, definitely Sodom and, like, Rolento pop up in Street Fighter Alpha, but that's after Final Fight, and Cody is imprisoned before Street Fighter Alpha 3, but then afterwards gets out and becomes mayor by Street Fighter 5. Right, see, there's no point in making sense of it. All that matters is that Hagar's not in Street Fighter. When you get right down I mean, to honestly, it, really, <laughs> you, know, you need to. I just need to know what happens when those two lariats meet. Like, I just need two big men lariating towards the middle of the stage, and then when they collide, they either like morph into one another, like the fusion dance, or it's like a nuclear explosion. I don't know which one's gonna happen, and I need to know. <laughs> The entire. I don't know which one's gonna happen, and I don't know which one I want. More. Exactly, it could be either. <laughs> I like uh, the I like the one where the game just shuts down. Yeah, <laughs> nope, you never know. Too much. You never do both harriots. <laughs> you overheat the processor every time you do it. The game self destructs like an Inspector Gadget note. <laughs> 
both Hagger and Zangief Lariat at the same time, and then the screen just turns black, and the game has a message that pops up. Fuck it. Yeah. You flew oh, too yeah. close to the sun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no one can have it all. <laughs> okay, game shit. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so anyway, Street Fighter Alpha 3 is dope. It introduced uh, several yeah, fun, dope characters. Not Hagar. Uh, David, anything else on Street Fighter Alpha 3 or the Alpha series in general? No. Um... Street Fighter Alpha 3 and the Alpha series are awesome, and I'm glad that they exist. Yeah. They, uh, I wish we could get Hagar into a Street Fighter game. I agree. Were the, yeah, and last question, because I'm, I'm honestly not sure on this one. Was this, like, did they release, like, a Street Fighter collection recently, and were these games included as part of it? Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Street Fighter collection, like the anniversary collection that came out on Switch, contains Street Fighter five versions of Street Fighter 2, all three alpha games, and all three versions of Street Fighter 3. Okay, good. So, yes. Tight. I'm glad to know I that. I also know that this got ported to the PlayStation Portable, and they added a bunch of extra characters to it. That's cool. But the original, like, arcade version, I think, is on the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection. Okay, yeah. I'll have to, uh, I've been meaning to look into that. But uh, it's it's fallen under my no buying fighting games embargo because I have no one to sit on the couch and play them with right now. So, uh, you know, soon as I, soon as I'm hanging out with somebody and playing fighting games, that one's on the list. What about your kid? He is four months old and does not have the dexterity to handle the controller, and I don't feel like humiliating him at this young age by just constantly beating his ass in Street Fighter. <laughs> like, you all know the difference. <laughs> I want him to grow up confident. <laughs> like. <laughs> Can't swim I love how it's not, oh, he's too young to play. It's, he's too young, I would beat his ass <laughs> exactly. too hard. He has no chance. He can, you know, <laughs> barely find his own feet. How's he supposed to play Street Fighter? <laughs> like, um, Do you think we've, we've come to the point now where it used to be the big moment in, like, a father-son relationship was the day your kid beats you in a game of basketball? Do you, you think now did. it's going to be the day when your kid beats you in a game of Street Fighter? Is there any question that's going to be the thing for me? Like, are you kidding? <laughs> I yeah. love the idea of you sitting or down Mario with your Kart. son like, yeah. seriously, you're picking Rose? All right. And then Ooh. he wins like, all right, kudos to you, son. I'm going to beat my son's ass and disown him if he beats me with Rose. <laughs> like, yeah. Reflect again, you motherfucker. Get out of this house. <laughs> I have no son. Exactly. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a disturbing vision of my future, and um, you know, yeah, I think uh, with that in mind, we should go on to game five. <laughs> game five.
Sweet. Uh, so, while this game received critical acclaim from most of its reviewers, one negative reviewer said that the game was just a rehash of Resident Evil, Virtua Cop, and Twisted Metal. I bet you guys are all feeling real confident in those answers now. Pretty confident. This is not at all what I thought. Good. Uh, John Regan uh, fell for my bait and said Metal Gear Solid, which is incorrect. Jesse and David both get it correct. It's Die Hard Trilogy. <laughs> I, I just want to know where in Metal Gear Solid that last song would take place. Please, That's a John. very good question. John, it. please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was convinced you were going to go with Metal Gear Solid, and then that second song sounded kind, sounded kind of gothic. I was like, maybe he went with Symphony of the Night, because we haven't used that. Mm -hmm. I even gave that trilo tri trivia. I was like, uh... Huh? Huh. How could a game possibly rip off three games at once, you say? <laughs> uh, uh, apparently, if you're Die Hard Trilogy, uh, Jesse, as the PlayStation guy, did you play Die Hard Trilogy? Uh, actually, no. I was oh, never really big into Die Hard. <laughs> well, that's a goddamn shame. Um, it's a great, uh, great series of movies, which they made somewhat oddly into a uh, you know single package video game. Um, what? What, 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 were the, what were the three games that ripped off? Uh, res the the reviewer said Resident Evil. Uh, hold on, fucking uh, Twisted Metal Resident and Virtual Cop. Cop and I can oh. see Twisted Metal and Virtual Cop, but I'm really having a hard time seeing Resident Evil. 
Yeah, apparently. I would imagine just because of, like, odd camera angles and, like, tanky controls. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, I think that it was a pretty amateur reviewer for GamePro magazine in 1995 who thought, okay, well, you know, uh, third-person shooter game set in a building, that's a rip-off of Resident Evil, all right. <laughs> I need something to gripe <laughs> about. Same thing. Like, you know. That's, uh, by the way, that's the theme for the next episode, games set in buildings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I just shot a German terrorist. That's clearly the same thing as a giant bio-mutated monster, right? Yeah, and, well, you know, what is Wesker if not a uh, Hans Gruber analog? <laughs> like, um, no, see, Wesker's got to be one of Gr- Gruber's, like, minion mercenaries. Yeah, or he's Simon Gruber. Um, e- either way, uh, <laughs> you know, Jeremy Irons is Wesker, please. And, um, yeah, Die Hard Trilogy, it, you know, it looks fun. Obviously, I'm talking out of my ass on this one based solely on the strength of my Die Hard knowledge. Um, so it's divided into three distinct games. The first one is a third-person shooter where you have to, like, sneak around Nakatomi Plaza killing terrorists and saving the day. Um, and from what I looked at it, it looked on just about, like, the Burning Rangers level in terms of, like, inscrutability and, like... Uh, <laughs> You know, fantastic 3D graphics from this era. <laughs> um, and then the second game, Die Hard 2, and they make a point to say Die Harder, uh, <laughs> is it's uh, like a first-person on-rail shooter like fucking Virtua Cop or like uh, like uh, Time Crisis or whatever. And it just it's just the whole movie of Die Hard 2 set with that first-person shooter uh, thing going. And if you don't have, like, uh, the Konami light gun for the PlayStation, it's apparently kind of a pain in the ass to play that part, because the, the reticle moves really slowly on screen. But uh, it looked pretty fun. Like, you're just shooting a lot more guys than you ever would in Die Hard 2, because, like, Die Hard 2 was like a deadly game of cat and mouse. It took a long time for Bruce Willis to really find the guys and then be able to shoot them. But, man, you're shooting a lot of shit in this one. <laughs> like, there's just ter- terrorists all over this airport. And, like, when you shoot stuff, like, there's voice clips where they yell stuff, and then, like, flashing uh, words will come across the screen. Like, you know, when you finally shoot down the the jet at the end, which you're still just shooting with a little, like, gun reticle. Like, you shoot at a jet engine and it says, yippee ki And I'm like, okay, yeah, th- yeah, fuck, I wish I had played this game. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm trying to imagine, like, of, of all the, the movies that you could turn into, like, a shoot-everything-that-moves-light-gun-extravaganza... Yeah. Die Hard's not really one of them. No, that's the thing. But, you know, and Die Hard 2 almost more so. Because, like, you know, the finale takes place on a plane wing. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it doesn't lend itself well to PS1 era light gun shooter. Like, you know, the, like, at the end, the plane takes off and, like, guys are parachuting out of it and you have to shoot them before they shoot you. And when there's no guys parachuting at you, you have to shoot down the jet plane. Like, it, which, you know, makes very little sense because it's you know because presumably you're still John McClane on the ground with like a pistol and (laughs) the plane's taking off and you can shoot a jet engine enough times to knock the plane out of the sky I don't know it's not worth really going into because it's just a fun you know it's a fun light gun shooter and then the third part is maybe the sharpest uh like uh, change from the series because Die Hard with a Vengeance is an interesting entry in that series you know, John McClane's going around New York trying to defuse bombs. Um, there, I guess there is like a, a rush, rush element to the movie, but after a while, it you know it becomes clear that something else is going on, and you know yada yada yada. Eventually, they've got to go to Canada or whatever. In 
Die Hard with a Vengeance, as part of Die Hard Trilogy, it's essentially, like they said, twisted metal. You're trying to drive through New York City as fast as possible, and there's, it said in the description, like, yeah, in an attempt to defuse bombs, but what you do is you just have to find them and run them over, and it'll cut, like, you're driving either in, like, a third person or, like, in a first person car mode, and then it'll say, like, bomb car, and you hit the bomb car, and it changes the camera angle for a second to show the bomb go off, and you continue driving on to the next fucking explosion. So it's, it's like a rush, rush, like, crazy taxi almost <laughs> but like it's uh it's a bizarre departure and uh since you know it's Die Hard with a Vengeance and it was John McClane and fucking you know Zeus together naturally they got someone that sounds no one nothing like Samuel L. Jackson uh, to voice like you know, whoa slow down McClane like every time <laughs> you do anything it's like oh I hope he had airbags like oh no 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 that's not even close to Samuel L. Jackson like you know just dial it dial it down on the uh, you know just a little bit like just lower the voice like why is he so shrieky um but yeah it's uh it's very strange and the, the strange part about uh, the Die Hard with a Vengeance part uh, this game was banned in Germany for excessive violence because of the Die Hard with a Vengeance part because whoever was developing this thought it would be a fun uh, like, Carmageddon-style thing where you could just run over as many people as possible and blood would splatter all over the windshield and you could, like, wipe it off. And I'm like, okay, whoa. That's not Die Hard at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> John McClane's a hero cop. Like, he went out of his way to not kill anyone. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's a bit weird. Like, you know, you've got to defuse the bombs. All right, don't worry about the pedestrians, though. Kill as many of them as you want. Just, like... <laughs> You know, it's uh, hey, it's uh, like in those Batman games when you throw people off buildings. You know, yeah. Batman doesn't kill people, but holy hell, that person's gonna have a rough life. To well, you know, I don't remember how they addressed that in the Batman games, but uh, you know, m more recently playing the uh, the PS4 Spider-Man game, they seem to have thought of that every time Spider-Man like punches the shit out of somebody and they go flying off a building because. They've animated in a small animation of him, like, shooting a loose web at anybody he knocks off a building. So you assume they've, like, clung to the building and swung safely to, you know, be apprehended by police. So Gwen Stacy. <laughs> so, at the very least, he has Gwen stacy a number of men throughout the, uh, throughout the city. But, uh, you know, they're thinking more about that stuff. They can't just have guys getting kicked off of buildings anymore without something there to justify the fact that Spider-Man's not a mass murderer. And, yeah, they needed <laughs> something like that for McClane. They just needed, you know... All you needed to do was animate the people jumping out of the way, like, what? Or, you know, and then, like, yelling at McClane, like, you psycho motherfucker, you. Maybe like, they're robots. Instead, they... I... Fuck, yeah, or, yeah, he's in a city of cyborgs. <laughs> I know what you mean by Gwen Stacy, like, as a verb, but to me, I'm just imagining that, like, all these people you Gwen Stacy in the Spider-Man game just come back in a badass Spider-Man costume oh, and uh, become their own vigilante hero. Not what I was thinking. I was thinking Spider-Man Spider married everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which would be great. Yeah, yeah Spider-Man likes polygamy, and he likes marrying everyone he beat up in the game. That's the secret ending when you get the platinum trophy. Uh, <laughs> such a plot twist. It's just a spider what? wedding with him marrying like 40 people. Marrying thousands of henchmen. 
They all have like black eyes and like busted <laughs> lips and stuff. Just kissing them one by one, Spider-Man style, hanging upside down. <laughs> but yeah, episode um, title: kissing them one by one, Spider-Man style. <laughs> But yeah, so Die Hard Trilogy really kind of loses the thread in Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> like, you know, it's not about killing as many people as possible to defuse bombs. It's about defusing bombs and not killing people. You idiot game. <laughs> like, but it's, uh, but you get to drive around New York, so it's, uh, it's kind of fun. It's not as fun as Spider-Man where you can swing around New York, but it's something. It was a PlayStation 1. It was a different time. Um... And then apparently this game this game did so well it became a like PlayStation hit like they would you know sell a discounted version of it and they made Die Hard Trilogy 2 and what's the subtitle of Die Hard Trilogy 2 Viva Las Vegas <laughs> I'm just wondering how they oh, made yeah. Die Hard Trilogy 2 when like Die Hard 4, 5 and 6 didn't come out until well after the PlayStation they made Die Hard Trilogy 2, a game with a standalone Las Vegas-based story that allowed them to use all three of these game mechanics again. So, you know, it's just uh, Bruce, you know, or not Bruce Willis at all. It's just John McClane in Vegas doing some cop shit, and you get to go into a building, and you get to lethal enforcer somebody, and you get to drive around Vegas. Like, sounds like a winning formula to me, baby. <laughs> so, uh... I feel, like, I feel like the question we all want to know is, is this... Is that game canon? That's a very good question. Like, imagine if when Live Free or Die Hard came out, like, Bruce Willis had just made some offhand reference, like, oh, God, man, fucking Vegas was a nightmare. Like, <laughs> to, <laughs> to a PlayStation game that had happened 10 years prior. That would have been dope. <laughs> like, there would have been, like, one nerd in the theater just be like, hold on, what the fuck did he say? Did he admit, Did he just drop a fucking Die Hard Trilogy 2 Viva Las Vegas reference? Know? You know, I know that reference. I understood that reference. And then he has a heart attack See, and dies like, from that surprise. <laughs> you know, they made a new Die Hard movie set in Russia, but why can't they make a Die Hard in a casino in Las Vegas? That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. It does. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure that's why they made Die Hard Trilogy 2 Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> like, it's now a really go good idea. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, there's a number of American cities that a Die Hard movie could be good in. So, you know, I don't yeah. know why they haven't uh, haven't gone back to that well more. Maybe it's because the you know Die Hard movies after Die Hard of the Vengeance all suck ass. I'd um, love to see Johnny, a Die Hard. Set Johnny, in- before you say it, don't say jump. Jo- don't say Die Hard Baltimore. I swear to no, God. No, I was thinking Die Hard Portland, Maine would be pretty good. <laughs> in what way, John? Uh, you could have a cameo of Stephen King, and he could drop lots of one-liners about lobsters. That's the building that it takes place in. It's Stephen King's house, and then eventually you have to shoot your way out first-person style, and then you <laughs> have to drive through and run over as many lobsters as possible. You escape on a lobster boat. Oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, that would be kind of cool if there was a Die Hard game set inside of, like, a Stephen King haunted mansion. Yes. Uh, are you talking about Resident Evil, David? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, right. Fuck! Okay. I just came up with Resident Evil. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, Die Hard That's Trilogy. Wait, no, no. Fuck. It's completely different because Call Resident Biohazard. Evil doesn't star a gang of precocious young teenage boys. Does Die yeah. Hard... No, Stephen King books. <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, David, yeah. Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> I'd also, you know, remember that, 
I've you know, seen Die Hard, Die Hard Junior. I've seen Die Hard a number of times, and at no point would I describe any character in Die Hard as precocious. <laughs> like, I <laughs> Die Hard, Die Hard for high school boy. years. Yeah. No, I would, I would. He has to blow up the prom. Oh God, <laughs> it's <laughs> a prequel. That would be pretty great. Like, just imagine if there was a Die Hard prequel where all the characters from the from the rest of the Die Hard series went to the same high school. <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> Muppet babies. Yeah. No, I'm just imagining you like, yippee kaye, mother. Okay, young man, yeah. let me take that microphone yeah. away from you. Uh, Hans Gruber's about to win prom king, but John McClane <laughs> has to shut it down. <laughs> like, and that's why they and have that feud. Re- and for some reason, the dean is played by the dean from The Breakfast Club. Uh, cause, yeah, because then he goes on to be the police chief during the Nakatomi incident. Uh, the, the, prom, the prom theme is uh, Las Vegas, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you tie it in. <laughs> oh, my God. Perfect. Oh, God. You know, Die Hard Saved the by the Bell coming up. it is deep, man. Yeah, deep, you know, we could write it, fellas. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> let's, uh... <laughs> Let's think about that as a Patreon, Patreon exclusive. Our, uh, our, you know, our treatment for Die Hard prequel set in the high school prom. Oh man, one of the prom colors could be red, and you could have a thing where it takes them a few minutes to realize, like, wait a minute, that's not red; it's blood. Wow, John, they, you're off the writing team. <laughs> obviously, when John McLean gets his tuxedo, they got the wrong shoes, so he has to go around barefoot the entire time. Yes, and at some point, like you have to, <laughs> to break up like the final thing. You have to find a gun taped to someone else's back. It's just going to make no sense. <laughs> And now that I think about it, maybe this high school setting with a bunch of gun violence isn't a very good idea either. So, Johnny, it's let's a- throw it over to the calculating computer, man. <laughs> it is a great idea. <laughs> calculating computer activated. Leaps. As John's trivia said, a diddling scandal. Leaps. <laughs> Scoring complete. This game's winner is... John Harrington. With the theme appropriate wing wind jingle and everything. God, I can't say anything right tonight. Wing jingle. Um, I'm going to go get some wings. Uh, fantastic <laughs> episode for me. Who would have thought that I would get all these PlayStation games right? I didn't see that coming. Um, so, yeah. What, a, uh, what an interesting turn of events. If only I had thought I was going to win and prepared a fantastic theme for the next episode. Oh wait, I super did. Uh, So this is our PlayStation episode, and that makes it a very easy layup to make the next episode a sequel to this episode. A better version, a newer version that also plays DVDs. It's the PlayStation 2 episode coming next week. So, PlayStation 2 games. I don't give a fuck how unoriginal that is. I know more of those games. So, um, yeah. That is going to be uh, that's going to be the theme, and it's going to be a fantastic show. So look forward to that. I love all the uh, the you know the just voice vocal approval from you guys. It's uh, you know thanks for the vote that of confidence. That sounds fucking awesome, John. Yeah. Hooray! Thank you, Jesse. I was just one. I was just googling. Like I don't know what console has more games, PS One or PS Two. PS Two. They were making PS Two games until like last year. I. Hmm. Tough call, but I bet it is PS2. I yeah, think PlayStation 1 had like 2,400 at least, but I think PS2 probably has more. Uh, 
PlayStation 1 was closer to 1200 and PlayStation 2 was closer to 1900 Okay, cool. Anyway, that was an impromptu lightning round in the middle of my theme declaration. <laughs> you know, classic John Regan. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a great episode next week. So uh, get those requests in for fantastic PS2 games. And thanks to everybody for listening tonight. We've had a great time. Thanks for those that are watching along live with us when we record 9 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash game that tune, youtube.com slash game that tune, and facebook.com slash game that tune. Always fun having you guys around. Thank you if you're listening in podcast form. It comes out every Wednesday morning uh, in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and we appreciate you listening. Um, and thank you to our uh, requester at Shmo Gaming on Twitter. He sent us his request via Twitter. But you can also send them to us, gamethattune at gmail.com, or uh, find us in our Discord server, or, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, other places. There's plenty of places to make requests. Any place you can find us, you can make a request through it. And thank you to uh, everybody that checks out patreon.com slash gamethattune. It's the home for fun exclusives. We're still catching up on our GTT gems, but we just published GTT gems for August. Uh, where we've got just a ton of great music, despite the fact that the games were not fantastic to like talk about or play. And we've got a special guest appearance from one of our Patreon superfans in that episode, so you should go check that out over at patreon.com slash gamethattune. It's a lot of fun. Special thanks to our Patreon superfan producers, Alex Messenger and Lance Revere. Thank you very much for your support. And yeah, that's, uh, I think that's pretty much it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at jgangsta187. You can find John Regan on Twitter at jpreganjr. You can find Jesse Moore on Twitter at sega underscore legend. And you can find David Fleming on Twitter at dfd Fleming. Yep, you broke up there for a second, but I'm sure that you said your name. And, uh, yeah, so we're going out with my bonus tunes, and just because I didn't pull the super obvious move and pick Metal Gear Solid for the episode doesn't mean I didn't pick Metal Gear Solid for my <laughs> bonus tunes. It's the theme of the Hind D. So, uh, you know, let's have a fantastic boss battle as we peace on out of here.
Parappa the Rapper is copyright 1997 Nana Onsha and Sony Computer Entertainment. Monster Rancher is copyright 1997 Techno Company Limited. Star Trek Invasion is copyright 2000 Warthog Games and Activision Publishing Incorporated. Street Fighter Alpha 3 is copyright 1999 Capcom Company Limited. Die Hard Trilogy is copyright 1996 Fox Interactive and Probe Entertainment. John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, can I get a... Show can some I get a, class, damn it. Just say it, man. Nobody wants to hear that. Right. Uh, you know, Should we do it again? Got, let me just, yeah, yeah. We got John Regan. Say hey. Hey. Welcome to Game Oh, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get for putting the keys right next to each other. Can we make the new hat trick sound just the intro to the show? Oh my god. <laughs> or better yet, the new hat trick sound is just an old episode. Yeah, we don't call it a hat trick <laughs> anymore. We call it, you know, that's a game that tune. And we start playing the theme song to the show. <laughs> no, not even that. Uh, just, oh, that's a hat trick. Here's an hour and a half of an old show. With Johnny Could you imagine at the helm, if there's, there's a hat trick in one of the old episodes? Oh, and we have to no. do a special edition, so it's just an episode and an episode and an episode. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's, it. <laughs> it's just a recursive, like never-ending loop. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like, John. Thank you for that. 